What's going on, everybody? Today is Tuesday, September 5th. You're watching the Daily AI Show live. And thank you so much to Jimmy, Andy, and Beth for holding down the fort yesterday while some of us were off for, for Labor Day here in the States and Canada. Um, but we got most of us back today. I think Carl's still on vacation, but we'll probably be back later this week or tomorrow. And today's topic is all about where... Oh, got the music set on. There we go. Um, it's all about the flaws of AI. So obviously we love to talk. We're all, I would say, bullish in a lot of ways um, on this show about what AI can do. Obviously, we all have a, a personal, you know, invested interest in seeing AI be a large part of the future of business and everything else. But we're, but that's not to say that we're not all very, very, very aware of a lot of the faults. So we're talking about today about things like um, copyright information, bias, uh, accountability issues. We're talking about uh, the... AI not necessarily having outdated information. I'll even throw one more in there. That I saw this amazing video yesterday, and I, I, I want to make sure I get credit. It was on TikTok. But the whole point of the video was the guy was like, AI, there's no, there's no knowledge. He's like, I know that's a weird thing to think because it processes language, and we read the language, and we, we perceive that as knowledge. He's like, but there's no knowledge. He's like, the language model is literally just trying to guess the next best tokens in any case. And that comes back to us in language and we perceive that as knowledge. He said, but there's no knowledge there. And I thought that was a really interesting thought. So I'll kind of open it up to the group here uh, on any one of these topics. But, you know, there's certainly a lot of areas where AI uh, leaves a lot to be desired and a lot of gray area. So let's talk about it. I can't believe I'm pushed back within the first 10 seconds. So before, sorry, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but I've heard that before. And I I, I tend to, I I first I agreed with it, the whole idea that you're, you know, it's guessing, but that's exactly what a human brain does. And I've been watching lots of videos on very, very detailed videos recently uh, about how language models operate and how they uh, understand the complexities of the human language and how words work together. So yes, it is predictive. Obviously, GPT stands for Generative Pre-trained Transformer. So you're you're generating words based on the technology, but that's exactly they model it after the human brain. And so the human I, brain, I, like I want to reinforce talking, what you're saying, Robert. Yeah. You're absolutely right. There is no disputing. There's a huge store of knowledge that's been instilled somehow into this neural network. And while it may not be rote, it's not rote knowledge. You can't go into the neural network and say, here's where the the little perceptron is that has this factoid. It nonetheless can assemble those things through its predictive capabilities, just like you can. Right. So so my argument to people who are like whatever their comment is, I say, well, it can imitate it just as good. So it's almost like the Turing test all over again. Like, if it if it can imitate it good, then how is it not knowledge? And that's I mean it's it's obviously a philosophical question. It's like a rabbit trail yeah. kind of conversation. But if it can imitate knowledge, then isn't it knowledge? Because if you can't you can't tell the difference. So anyway, this well, where, that's where, this this leads into the question of of hallucination, which yeah. is like, well, if there's a gap in the training where there's just not enough density of knowledge, I'm going to use that term, that's been captured somehow in the neural network, which is trillions of parameters, right? Uh, If it's not been captured, then because it's just doing prediction, it's going to predict something that it doesn't have enough basis for. 
And that's the foundation right. of how a hallucination happens. Sure. Yeah. Or could we say that if it's trained on a lot of poor data, then it's going to give predictions back. And, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, but the way I would think about it is if it's got a lot of incorrect data, then it's just as likely to predict the next token set of words based on that incorrect data. Why would it know any differently? Do I have that wrong? Do I have that right? No, that's right. And, and, and a smaller set, like, you know, some of the large language models, are, you know, are, are, you can get in different sizes of parameters, right? Here's the 7 billion tram parameter model. Here's the, you know, 500 billion parameter model. And here's the trillion. The only difference is that they've basically created many, many more layers in the neural network and they've fed it a lot more information. So, in the totality of the information that's collected, there's less bad influence data, right? It's not a narrow or gappy kind of uh, training. And so you have a much more confident LLM. Mm, right. Okay. So guys, I want to, I kind of want to throw a question to you because I, I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine today and we were talking about, you know, using AI in business, um, you know, provide and sell marketing services to clients and we we're discussing all that kind of stuff and the question the thing she said to me was i would think and this is her words not mine i would think that a lot of people who are buying the services of a marketing person for ai generated content one of the concerns would be things like plagiarism and that kind of stuff and at the time i thought well i haven't really seen anything blatantly obvious in that department um but I just want to throw it over to you guys. What what do you have you encountered anything like this? Um, or any any of that sort of stuff? Because I think there's a I, my my thought at the time was that I don't think it's a big deal, but maybe I'm wrong. So I'm interested to hear what you guys have got to say on that one. Well, I can add two to this. One, there's a there's a national story about this, what I'll talk about in a second. But also I will tell you, I've even run into it a little bit, Aaron, with um, setting up these shows. So as you guys know, but maybe not everybody else is before the show, obviously I'm trying to like, we come up with the topics collectively, but then there's some show notes that are going to go. They're not the notes. They're like the, what we think we're going to talk about today, like today. So it goes on a LinkedIn post or whatever. It says, Hey, this is what we think we're going to talk about today. After the show, obviously we can use our transcripts and I can edit that. But prior to that. And so one of the things I've seen, um, one of the things I've seen is that it will give me the source link, which is really, really helpful in GPT-4. And when I'm using like, co uh, is it Copilot? One of the, one of the uh, internet um, plugins. But it will say, it will give me a very convincing list of things that you could talk about in a show. And it'll say, hey, just FYI, um, this was pulled in part from this particular blog. Well, I will tell you, I have had to go look at that blog because sometimes it's almost a word for word reiteration of in ChatGPT. It, it's sometimes I will tell you, I, I get a little bit E, I'm not going to use the wording from ChatGPT because when I go look at the blog and I do my trust but verify and put the human back into the feedback loop, I'm finding that it's almost exactly the words from it. I, and so that's I don't, interesting because that suggests that if you're using WebPilot, I think is what it's called. Uh, um, or a scraper as yeah. context injection, then you increase the risk of plagiarizing in, in so far as the output will be based on stuff that's now in memory 
and and that could be rote. It could be a rote recitation of what it just scraped. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas if you're just deep deep diving into the uh, large language models, general knowledge as uh, as a, to coin a term for general stuff. So if you're just deep diving into that, it's likely to generate something, especially if you have some randomness or temperature setting in there, it's going to generate something that's a little more novel uh, than a simple recitation. Well, well that, that that means, you guys are using custom functions, right? Uh, they introduced that a, a, a few weeks ago is put in your line that says, make sure that any response is rewritten to be unique you know oh, that sure. that might just be a safety feature or that may be something that can be built into you know the next version or something like that but that is something that as a user you definitely need to be aware of and you should definitely apply it just think but, of it you know back for your student days you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna crib something from wikipedia right you're gonna use yeah. it as a jumping off point to get to you you know what your real uh, uh what your real statement is and then you list your source so and i don't I remember the, the old apply that there was old rules back in the day i don't remember from college or high school but like what constitutes plagiarism like how much do you have to actually have to change of a sentence for it to be your own i don't i'm sure there's rules about that i'm i don't remember i'm sure i'm curious if if it did actually change enough of that even though it sounded like it looked like it was almost identical did it change enough for it to not be considered i don't know that's just a question i thought throw out there well, there's plagiarism rules and then there's the sniff test, right? So like mm -hmm. we're, we're wanting to be <laughs> also sniffable, I guess, is what I want to say. The other thing that I'm thinking of is that what AI introduces is speed and, um, and it, exactness, right? So like I remember having to write uh, you know, in the style of Fitzgerald or uh, mm -hmm. or somebody, right? Like we we were assigned to uh, immersing enough in someone's style that we could imitate it. Right. But that happened over a semester or a series of weeks. It was not. Thanks for that. Try to help. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for our merch coming. Stay tuned for our DAS merch coming soon. Um, <laughs> but because AI can generate so much so quickly and exactly, it brings this kind of learning style or learning process um, into a more danger zone, I think. Mm. So uh, if I can, I'm not sure if anybody's got another thought, but I want to interject another element of this topic of copyright because the Copyright Office of the United States just recently announced they're looking for feedback. And I think the feedback is due by, I don't know, sometime in October. But the agency wants to answer three main questions. Three main questions. AI models should use copyrighted data in their training. Number two, whether AI-generated material can be copyrighted even without a human involved, which is a very important distinction because mm. I was always under the impression if I'm the prompter that I think a human was involved, but they're saying even if, if it, like as an API and it's automated, even if that is not involved, that's a very important question. And how copyright liability would work with AI, which is interesting because now they're talking about uh, publicity and un unfair competition laws, especially in the context of you know AI Drake or you know being able to put together 
uh, a fake avatar of a celebrity and use that to sell products. That's so they're they're actually looking for input to help drive the direction of the copyright office. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I am glad they are doing this, one hundred percent, because it 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 really it really hammers home a couple of things. Number one, um, they recognize that uh, this is a new area for them, and they don't really have anything, you know, they don't have any hard facts on it. They don't have any hard rulings on it. Even if you look at their guidelines that they released back in March, it it really was just a a, a blanket statement to cover any rulings that that come across them, right? Um, number one, they still say it's use, uh, case by case. Number two, they say you have to have the traditional uh, human uh, expression uh, or those elements in in any copyright um, request or situation, uh, which is essentially just falling back to it's got to be made by a human. Um, and and number three, they were blatant about saying prompts don't qualify, and that for me that's that was the biggest one, and that's the one I personally have some issue with. Um, and the idea is if you give you the prompt is giving instructions to the AI and the AI is simply executing on it. Right. So yeah. what how is that different than, let's say, a photographer giving instructions to their assistants to set up the shot and then they take the shot and decide, yes, that's the that's the one that I want. So you're I, saying I that they. I'm sorry. We, I was clarifying, Jimmy. So you're saying the prompt they're saying is also included in the, in in their be. guidelines. They mention that prompts do not qualify. Okay, get for you. copyright. I so. see that a lot, Jimmy. In um, I'm in this. I use Leonardo a lot, which is one of the. It's like a mid journey. It's a it's a um, image creation tool, a text to image. And um, I'm in the Facebook group for it. And as you can imagine, lots and lots and lots of people share their their creations in, in that group. Uh, some people share their prompts or if they're asked, they'll share them. Other people, and I've seen people get very, very upset about it and say, you know, why should I share my prompt? Blah, blah, blah. I've worked really hard to create this prompt and craft it just so and get it to a certain point. And this is almost a, um, this is almost a, uh, unique identifier something that I could go on and sell services off of to create these prompts. I put hours into whoever I will tell you, there was a huge conversation underneath this one post. And a lot of people were like, I mean, I'll say basically get over yourself, get over <laughs> yourself. Like your prompt isn't that special. You're not that special, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. I mean, it was a big pushback. Some yeah. people were in this original um, author's corner and they're saying, yes, you're right. I have spent hours tweaking and multiple tokens and paid money into this system to get it just right. And now you're just saying you want to cut the line and you want to see my prompt so you can go recreate it. But then other people say like, yeah, but even if I use your prompt exactly, I will not get the same result as you do. It's not guaranteed. So how good is your prompt? It worked for you, but it's not necessarily something I could just take and run with. Anyway, it's, I don't have an answer to any of that. I just think it is very interesting as to, you know, I sort of agree with you, which is like, if I work really hard at a prompt and actually I've created prompt libraries and I'm, I do sell those services through scale consulting, um, I will tell you though, it's not just about the prompts. It's about the 
overall strategy of using prompts and being better while using them as part of your your system that's actually what i'm selling is is the training that goes along the methodology that goes along with it right so it's it's not just the prompts they them and themselves i don't find to be very valuable i think i honestly could give them away and it wouldn't really matter but we all know what lots of people pay for is like i can give everybody in the world a nutrition plan that doesn't mean that i won't still have 50 percent people <laughs> who come back to me and say yeah but could you just help me do it or could you help me cook the food or could you put it on the plate for me i don't want to touch any of it so mm -hmm. My take on it is, you right? And I just want to reiterate: I think it's super important that uh, <clears throat> everyone goes and answers those questions for right. the copyright office. Do it. T take the time, please, yeah. because especially in you know, I'm sure our audience, the groups that we belong to, everybody needs to to give their input because this is the kind of thing that helps develop the legislation and develops the rulings that are going to uh going to you know uh involve or or influence everything that we do with ai and copyright for for years to come because i can tell you government is slow so once they make a decision and once a law goes through it takes forever to get that uh get that fixed or changed and so please involve yourself Put your thoughts, whether you're for, against, it all it all matters. Do we have the link for that? Government, people I, in the government are typically Luddites, so you know they don't even know how to think about a lot of this stuff. So you know, people like us who actually have some understanding of the nuances here, it's, it's more important to have our feedback put in there so that they can sort of see the bigger picture, as it were. So I'm going to come back to the speed issue, and I'm and I'm a little bummed to hear that uh, question to um, uh, is discussing without a human involved because I feel like those are two different concepts mm -hmm. because we all know it's possible to automate something, right? Mm -hmm. I could automate a list of like a thousand icons that I want created in a tiny little vector style. And I could get that done in like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Are those now my copyright? I mean, like a, a vector <laughs> of an icon, right? Like <laughs> that, that seems kind of ridiculous in the amount that I can create. And I actually can't, like I can train somebody on my, I can train somebody. Yes, all AI is people to me, sorry. I can train a model on my personal style that I don't mm -hmm. see uh, elsewhere. And I can get pretty specific generations in that. And if I'm big, then you can probably put my name in mid journey, it'll try to have that be an influence. Um, I believe the initial guidance I, is that but, no no uh, generative output is copyrightable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the image right. Side of it. right. yeah, and and that's the issue that that's the issue that I, that I have with it, and I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. But Beth, what you're saying, uh, I think it comes uh, it brings up two two distinct uh, points that we should explore. Is number one. It goes back to that that prompting. Prompting is not considered enough human interaction, and I think that needs to be explored. May I understand right. that when you say logo of cat, you know that doesn't seem like an, enough interaction. 
But when you say the cat must look like this, it must be this old, it must be in this environment, it must have this lighting, I want the color of the fur to be this way, and it has right. to have these style implementations okay. that you And I've you given created. you that I've given you 10 images of my physical creation, yeah. or yeah. I've created something. What I do, uh, we did a show on Midjourney. Um, I refer to it as digital improvisational collage or improvisational digital collage, depending on which word I say first. <laughs> it should be a thing, sorry. Um, but um, I do, I'd like I go between Procreate and Midjourney so that there is a little bit more interaction. I predict that that kind of thing, the prompt, the, the clever, you know, uh, creative ways that you can generate something, you know, more sophisticated than another person is going to fall into the area of trade secrets, like yeah. trade secrets, yeah. not yeah. copyright. Which is a different, which shouldn't be confused with it, right? Because right. um, there is a big difference between patents and copyright, trade secrets, trademarks, and those kinds of things. And would I, I, I've been learning that over the last year myself to make sure that uh, I, I understand each of those things. Uh, but I did want to make, I just want to cover that second point that, and Beth to exactly what you were saying is like generating a thousand uh, images or whatnot. And it's the prevailing thought that it has to be hard for it to be valuable, which, right. which I think is, which is a big paradigm shift right? We got to get out of this thought that, oh, I worked for X amount of hours. So that's what the value is. The value isn't that. The value is what it contributes to the end result, right? Uh, if I help somebody make $10 million, then my contribution should be part of that. It shouldn't be, oh, I worked for 10 hours. So it's only this much. Because of AI, that's going to shift everything because I can do things in four hours instead of 40. But because I have advanced tools and I can produce the effect that you're, you know, that scope of work that you're asking for, I only spent four hours. So that's now worth less. Well, right. I mean, look, we've been seeing this for years, right? Andy Warhol, you know, and the soup cans, the Campbell soup cans and and almost getting to a mass production. And well, is that the same thing? Is that still valuable? I mean, I go back to like the artist or maybe Beth, you can answer this since you do like improv and, and you know, you do that kind of stuff. If somebody came to you and said you found out today that um, somebody had been sitting in the back of the room um unbeknownst to you um recording every single improv that you were a part of for the last let's say three years and that amounted to hundreds of hours worth of audio or something like that and that had been fe fed into a language model you know yeah. is that a problem is that a problem for you personally i'm just curious you know like does that bother you that somebody might be able to theoretically go in and ask prompts and say Give me an improv skit, and it could be very close to something that you feel like you would have created out of your blood, sweat, and tears over years and years. So this is a great example. This is a great example because improv is not created alone. So you can well, take my stuff, and you can take the scenes that I've been in, and improv is kind of a special thing. Like It will not affect my ability to entertain an audience in the future. Sure. Uh, you might learn. But if you try to produce that as a recorded thing or or that kind of stuff, I also think 
Um, we've Robert, we've sort of gotten away from the plagiarism in a written context, and now we're sort of talking about what happens visually. And I think those are slightly different and also re just really interesting to note that that's where we've moved because so much of what we're dealing with with AI is language trained and the image training is both different and not, um, not as widespread, not as well used, not as understood, that kind of stuff. Uh, well, oh, you're gonna push back. I'm no, getting not, ready. If you use Mid Journey, you most people using it, I would say maybe 25% do it in the style of because they want to mimic, they want a, a, a t shirt logo on the style of a famous uh minimalist line artist, right? I was looking on Leonardo yesterday and seeing lots of those pop up. So I think that. Again, it goes back to the conversation of are are they derivative? Are they plagiaristic? Uh, I think that if I was able to read the whole internet and then regurgitate a book, would I that kind of look like a Edgar Allan Poe because I liked him the most? Is that going to be that's derivative, right? So, so how how is any of these outputs, whether it be visual like a Mid Journey or a output like a ChatGPT? I'm really leaning into the uh, derivative. Everything is derivative, which means it's not copyrightable, which means yeah. the output though, which is the other question is if I want to use this tool to create some IP for my company, that's the other question that I'm really struggling with is that output. I want to like, I want to own this and have it protected. I should be able to say, I went through the process to use AI to do that. If you want to go through the process to make it do exactly the same as me, go for it but the product will probably even be different. You've seen that. You do the same exact prompt five times. You don't get the same thing because there's drift, because there's temperatures. They're, they're not the same. So you're not going to get the same output. So I don't know. I'm rambling. I don't think we can base the law on the fact that it's not good enough yet. Right? Like that's not a, that's not mm -hmm. a future thinking situation so let's, let's let's move from law to just what's ethical and and mm -hmm. what's a misrepresentation of your own creative output mm -hmm. so i, I want to draw attention to some really big next get rich quick schemes that are being marketed by some of the biggest names in the business uh and I, i'm going to specifically reference trey smith and tony robbins and you know grazioni or whatever they're pitching to their audiences that they that the, each individual member of the audience has some unique gift of knowledge that can be delivered to the world and will be remunerative to them. They can make tons of money. Uh, you know, the, the ads for Trey Smith are, hey, we made $30,000 last week on this book that I generated in 15 seconds, uh, that sort of thing. So the question is, is, is there going to be this proliferation of people using AI and generating books that are quite readable and, and you know, are on a topic and, and are marketed aggressively out there in the marketplace? But the, it's, it's, it's basically diluting the extraordinary accomplishment of real authorship when you use AI to generate a complete tome. That's well, yeah. the whole yes. there, there is a guy yes, I yes. followed on, I follow on in LinkedIn and he, he's a very, very opinion. He's worse than I am. I know it's hard to believe, but he's very <laughs> like futuristic, opinionated. 
And he has this, this strong, strong opinion that, I mean, a very short period of time, he's constantly talking about his opinion that um, the future is, I want a movie tonight that's kind of like a Bruce Willis kind of diehardy wow. movie and go ahead and make it for me, AI, or same for books. So there is a truth, Andy, that a lot of where this is going is those producers of that content, those great writers, those, and like the AI strength that's going on right now in Hollywood, they should be worried because a lot of this stuff um, is going to be more specific. Like we could all go home tonight and say, I want to watch a movie and all six of us have six different movies created by AI. Not right now, maybe in 10 years, but I think that that's a very scary thought for a lot of people that are creatives. <laughs> um, uh, I was just, just going to say quick comment I want to say no, about this whole idea of um, quote unquote copying people and particularly as it relates to something like Mid Journey, for example. So my guess, I'm not an artist, but my guess is that going back since Adam was a boy, artists have learned to become artists by quote unquote copying or at least modeling what other people sure, have done. hundred percent. So, you know, that that in and of itself is, it's kind of like mid-journey. You know, if I'm a fan of a uh, um, some famous artist style and I actually had any kind of art talent in my body, which I don't, but if I was good enough to do it, I could create a, an artwork that looked like something made by someone famous. So how is that? In, we don't take those people to to court normally and sue them for copyright infringement unless they do a complete and utter duplicate of somebody else's work. So how is that any different from something like Mid Journey doing it, um, where you don't tend to get an exact duplicate of the originals? If we go back to the very first part of our conversation, Aaron, then it's exactly the same. First part of our conversation being that it operates language models operate the same as a brain. If you look at it from a visual perspective, if you're saying that it's derivative because they're inspired, that's what the human would do. I'm inspired by this. I mean, I'm, I am I listen to this music and so I want to create music like it because I like that kind of style. Well, you wouldn't be able to say that to a, a or unless you want to anthropomorphize the AI. So you'd have to say, well, it's more technical and it's stealing it and it's, it's repeating. Well, if it's created the same way a brain works, then it's doing the same thing a human's doing. So it's, it's why couldn't you give it the same license or the same flexibility? It's, it's a very, it's a very interesting topic that I think we're going to be battling with for years. I'm Eric, well, Brian, you had a pushback on something. What well, was it? I, well, yeah, I, I do back on Andy's thing. And now I'm too, I'm too down. I'm too backwards. Uh, but that's, <laughs> what I was going to say is, you know, I think uh, Ed Sheeran just went through this. We saw the copyright laws where he's like, yeah. I'm sorry, you can't copyright GCD on a, on a guitar, guitar, right? <laughs> you, like at a certain point, GCD has written thousands, thousands. And many of them are very, very famous songs. And they're written on GCD somewhere up or down the fret line, depending on where they threw the capo and what tone they sang in. Yet we're all perfectly okay with that. I guess this is sort of my rollback to what Andy said. I will just say this as the consumer. And I know Google has taken this stance as of right now. And I agree with it, which is, hey, does it, does it diminish what the person went through, the true artist who toiled over it or who maybe went through personal pains or sat on top of a mountain in a diaper or something like that to write this book? Am I more impressed with the book and what it does for me because I know they did that? Do I care that uh, Tom Cruise does his own stunts and that makes me want to see the movie? No. All I care about, all I care about as the consumer, not the, not the creator, but as the consumer is, did it entertain me? Did it educate me? Did it inspire me? Did yeah. it do all three of those? Did, you enjoy it? did it move me in some way? 
I will tell you, I don't personally care if it was 100% created by AI, human plus AI or otherwise, because to Robert's point, when I sit down to Netflix and I'm looking for a passive, just melt into my couch, don't want to think for the next hour, honestly, I don't care how, I don't care if it was AI in the previous 30 seconds. If right. It suits my needs, I'm totally fine with it. That's just me. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to throw that out there because I, I think that is, we can all say we care a lot until we get exactly what we want and then we go oh we don't really care that much and i agree that i was if i was an author or writer an actor yeah. an actress, i would i would have serious issues with this as the performer but if i'm just talking about the consumer it doesn't bother me so i don't know if that's a good one to end on anybody else want to throw anything else out there otherwise we can wrap it up for today oh yeah. it's there's so much to say come back okay. Uh, co uh, audience, time. comment, say that, uh, <laughs> let us know if you want more on this and we'll do a deeper dive. Yeah, uh, I think we got to like two out of about 10 copies. Yeah, we have, yeah. It's, always, it's always the case. I know Robert said right before the call, he said, oh my God, there could be a show on every one of these topics. And that's absolutely right. Um, Maybe we should go to a 45 minute show. <laughs> then we'll be at an hour show. Let's come in if you want us to talk more. Yeah, and then it, it, we would have before you know we'd have three hour shows and stuff like that. No, I, hey, I'm, I, I'm I, down I, for it. Once a week though, thirty, 30 <laughs> minutes always always means we have more to say. We always have more to say. So uh, make sure you guys come back next week or this week rather, not next week. Come back this week. The rest of this right. week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we got lots more topics to talk about. As always, you can find out what those topics are if you like by going over to our. LinkedIn um, page for the Daily AI Show Live. It's got all the events set up for this week, so you can go check those out. Uh, maybe you, you're interested on Thursday or Friday's topic or whatever, or come back and, and listen every single day. Uh, you can also find us on replays on uh, LinkedIn. You can find us on YouTube. You can start to find us on TikTok now, and you can also find full uh, show audio and video replays on Spotify. So we're getting out there. We're getting around. Appreciate all the support. And with that, we will say goodbye for today and uh, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Ciao. Happy Tuesday. Bye.